We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 97.1 fm talk podcast this hour of the mark reardon show is sponsored by gamma tree experts your trees deserve the best care call gamma tree experts The Attorney General, as others, used this unfortunate incident and tragic happening to this young lady as a political stunt of an unelected individual who wants to use politics to, one, stop the voice of the people in the city of St. Louis. This is nothing more than voter suppression, which we've seen on a national level as well as in the state of Missouri. Sue, I honestly feel like this is one of those uh, moments where, let's see, it's 5.07. I can just say, Jane Duker, go, and I can leave the room. (laughs) Yep. Right? With good reason. Yeah. How are you? Pretty much. I mean, that was amazing, wasn't it? That was from the news conference that took place at 2.30 this afternoon. Andrew Bailey put, just let me recap just a little bit, Jane, and I'll let you weigh in here. But Andrew Bailey, the AG, puts the, uh, you know, the ultimatum down, resigned by noon, or we're going to enforce this um, legal maneuver. And we'll get into that here in a second. She doesn't do it. She comes out defiantly. She accepts a little bit of blame. There was a moment where she said our office could have done more, which was interesting. I love your opinion on that. But then goes to the same, you know, pulls the race card, voter suppression, blah, 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 nothing new there. Correct. I mean, the defiant one. I feel like we're going through Greitens again, where we're going to get the first stage as the defiant press, press conference. I mean, it was just, she read her, she read the statement that she sent out last night, and she's making all these accusations against the judge about, you know, he could have done something, and which she totally misapprehends her job. The judge is to remain neutral. If you want to put someone in jail, you have to go to the judge and say, here are the facts. And the defense attorney gets to argue, and then the judge decides. I mean, I, I don't think she understands. I mean, because she's been playing public defender for so long, I, I really just don't think she understands the job at all. So that's complete. And then people ask her, well, show us the paper. I mean, certainly there's a piece of paper if you're going to put a, someone well, in jail. So um, Sue asked this. We had Andrew Bailey on in one of the questions because she said that there were, I can't remember the term again, oral, oral something, Jane. Oral no, yeah, oral revocation motion. Right. If you're going to put someone in jail, they're entitled to a piece of paper. Yep. I mean, I can't even imagine, uh, like, due process, you know, not requiring some sort of notation as to why you're going to jail someone. I mean, how progressive is that? 
that she wants to do like a backroom deal and have no paper and have someone go to jail. Well, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it is. About it. All right, it's so nonsense. Th- this, I'm going to get into the Quo Rento and the petition that Andrew Bailey's doing, but look, I would love to see one thing I just asked on Twitter, not that I'm expecting a response directly, but where is her BFF, Corey Bush, on this. The mayor kind of breaks bad because she's worried about yeah. her political future. Wouldn't you love to see yeah. the text string between Tashara, Corey Bush, and Kim Gardner yes. right now? Yeah, I mean, you knew one of them was going to get sliced, and it just ended up being Kim. I mean, Corey, I don't know. I don't expect to see her around for a while um, because, I mean, this is there's just no win here for them. And, you know, and I did have to post the video of Election Day when they all said, under the arch, there's no light of day between us. You can never separate us. Don't act like, you, you know, you can. And I was like, well, hmm. So that's that's apparently well, So how, how surprised were you by what the mayor said yesterday, where, where she finally had to say, oh. I was, I was a little surprised because, I mean, I, I saw a little bit of terror in her eyes. I think she knows. I think this turned very badly. At first, she came out and said, well, I'm not going to do an official statement on Kim, um, but I offer best wishes. And I'm like, we've downgraded from thoughts and prayers to best wishes. It was completely obnoxious. And then, I mean, and I think she and then Kim did her horrible statement and it turned. For whatever reason, people have really... This really has no. Th- this is of, well, one of those moments. I can, you know, we've all been around the media and these stories, but I, I can just, I can't even describe it. But there's a feeling that happens when you have stories like this. And I'm getting, and I know Jane and Sue probably text messages, you know, Twitter messages. People are fired up. And by the way, enraged. it's not only mm-hmm. this is an important point here. We have progressives like Rasheen Aldred, black progressives that have finally said, mm-hmm. Rachel Friday, that said, look, enough is enough, right? So it's not just the white you folks that are criticizing someone. Kim. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I was talking to I was down at the legislature testifying and I said, you know, 94 percent of the people murdered in the city of St. Louis are black. How is it not progressive to fight for them? You guys, I think uh, people got fired up because her first statement was essentially Kim making herself the victim and semi ignoring the real victim. And I think people just went nuts. Well, they also went nuts on the the mayor's original statement talking about infrastructure improvements and stuff. That was just so tone deaf and ridiculous, right? It was so offensive. And what's really sad, because, you know, obviously those of us who live here have like, this has happened 50 times that we can count and there's more that we can't even count. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm grateful that the public finally just said, this is because you wondered where was the breaking point going to be? And I think we might've hit it. And I'm sitting here going, but I, but I, but I do have to say, you know, Kim Gardner did everything these progressives wanted her to do. She was their standard bearer. And now suddenly, you know, Oh, okay. She's the problem. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is the part of the program where they want to sacrifice her and then hope that none of this touches them. But I'm telling you, as much as we need to get rid of Kim, we also have to have state control because the other leg that's broken is that we're not policing and we can't police because we don't have enough. Right. There were no police around the dome protecting You know what? Girls. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Look, i gotta, I got to pull this up because I got an email from um, some someone on that particular topic where there was somebody that was late. Let me read this because I got forwarded. Um, I was listening to Mark Cox. He was actually listening to me, but that's okay. <laughs> the afternoon of March. <laughs> this was yesterday. He was interviewing various downtown leaders. I'm sure this has been mentioned before, but I wanted to emphasize that this is the point. We were downtown at the volleyball tournament all last weekend and on Sunday for the uh, 
oh, I guess earlier in the month, too, for the Dennis LaFada tournament, both at America's Center. There were no signs of law enforcement anywhere, no cars, no uniforms ever. And she says, I believe this gives people like Daniel Riley a freedom to do whatever they please. And then she mentioned, look, I was just in Kansas City. And she says, in contrast, we went to Kansas City for a downtown volleyball tournament during Martin Luther King weekend. Totally different downtown. St. Louis needs to do to a lot to make their downtown much safer. And and that's absolutely the case. So there are and you can't blame the police. And I'm not doing that. I don't think that person is. There's no resources. And the mayor has prioritized officer. There's one officer. A captain said, Camel V reported it, there's only one dedicated traffic officer to the entire downtown area. Yeah, that's one. All right. Did you say one? Oh, my gosh, Jane. Jane, on this petition, Andrew Bailey, the AG, was with me. So he's filed something called Quo Morento. This was something that was, uh, I guess, successful when Chris Coster was there against another prosecutor who had some felony drug case. But what do you know about this process? And there's no guarantee that this is going to work, right? No, I mean, it's a court proceeding. And anytime you go to court, you know, there's a risk that, you know, it won't go your way. Um, uh, Jay Nixon had a whole unit that was dedicated to filing quo warrantos against um uh, local officials who were doing whatever malfeasance, you know, they were engaging in. So it, it has been used. It's not just to say that you aren't qualified in the sense that, you know, you don't live there or something like that. For dereliction of duty and complete just abandonment of your job is also within a quo. And what it does is it's an extraordinary writ. It'll go to circuit court. And if they succeed in saying, yes, we want her removed, you know Kim will appeal, and it will go directly to the Supreme Court. Jane, what do you think the chances are of that happening, that the, that she will actually get booted out of office? Um, I would say, I mean, my personal opinion is I think there's a pretty good shot. Mm. I would say at least 50%. Ooh, but, you know, it's a court proceeding. But didn't we feel that way with the Supreme Court, yeah. that they would at least do something, and yeah. then nothing happened? Well, yeah. Ugh. Well, and that's why I think the chances go up this time. <laughs> right. there's, a, there's an element of righting a wrong. And I think that um, and, and by the way, we, we we've got our bill to do the special prosecutor. And we're not we're not stopping because, you know, if this doesn't work. So we already got our bill out of the House. It's in the Senate. We have a hearing on Monday in the Senate on the on the special prosecutor bill. We're very close to passing something. So. Either way, we're going to have to we're going to protect the citizens of St. Louis. So I I talked about this a little earlier. I had a business owner from St. Louis County that told me, and this is a a business, a restaurant that has had several break ins in parking lots over the course of, well, seriously, months now. Right. But had two Mm -hmm. that were broken into a couple of days ago and then three. And one of the officers that he was dealing with told him that he arrested this um, juvenile earlier this week and then arrested the same kid. So booked the kid in, rested the same damn kid the next day, and told yeah. the business owner that cases like this, that, you know, this tragic case with this guy that wasn't in custody, he said there are probably hundreds of these. And, Jane, I know you're going to want to weigh in on this. And he wasn't just talking about the city of St. Louis. city of St. Louis combined with the county, because Wesley Bell's getting off the hook here, and he's doing some of the same stuff. Oh, no question. And I'm just telling you that, that the problems that, that Kim is showing everyone this is going to be, you know, the urban prosecutors are going to be definitely subjected to a whole new level of scrutiny because there are so many places where this went wrong and it's just starting to get exposed. So, yes, I don't think I think anybody who's doing this, you know, I'm not prosecuting mantra that um, people are armed now with a whole other level of inquiry and the press have gotten wise 
to how the this works and how she's been able to do this and how these progressive prosecutors have been able to do this and why it's breaking down. And I mean, we're it's on display now. I mean, it's just on display. And um, you know, it, it, it's terrible that it took that tragedy yeah, to do really, that. Really and it, it, it's sad, but God help us if it didn't get to that point, because there's so many more people. I will tell you, there's a lot of mayors and other people who are getting together to do juvenile reform because these factors that mm. these unelected juvenile officers look at to determine whether to detain one of these juveniles, mm-hmm. um, they're being very unevenly applied throughout the region. St. Charles seems to hold them a lot more. County and city seem to release them a lot more. There has to be more judicial involvement. There has to be more oversight on these juvenile detentions. Yeah, I think I heard Dean Plocker, the Speaker of the House, refer to some of that when he was on the show yes. about a week and a half ago. And then one more question for you. We have State Senator Nick Shore on the line. He's going to talk about this a little bit, too, what they did in the legislature. But And I, I texted you this last night, and I think now it's clear. If, in fact, she is removed from office, the governor would replace um, her with an appointment, right? And yes, I guess he correct. called to Shara and you know had that conversation. There would be opportunities there. Any names come to mind for you, like Jack Coder? I mean, I yeah, I think Jack would be awesome. Um, he used I to mean, be a prosecutor. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the the most important thing is that this person needs to be able to attract prosecutors to come back and to good and people to yeah. want to be Look, in the office. Jane, I think the top we could... guy is you know that's one thing, but you got to get all the prosecutors back. We we can probably all fight about different things. You're a D. I'm a conservative. But in this particular office, I don't care about politics. Right? right? She I says that either. Andrew Bailey's right. playing politics. Kim Gardner's the no. one that's been playing politics yeah. for six years now. We want someone in there that's competent that can do the job. Right. You know, I, I just Jennifer Joyce Not did a competent job everybody. when she was there. She was competent. Not everybody can play the role of public defender. The system collapses if nobody is representing the people or the victim. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly what's happening. She wants the judges. She wants the prosecutor. She wants the police. She wants the mayor. She wants everybody to play public defender. Well, we have a system where, you know, you, you sort of it's sort of antagonistic. You want it that way because the truth comes out if you have an adversarial process. Well, everybody's on the side of the defendant now. And that's why this is breaking, and it's breaking with horrible, violent, horrible consequences. And the system wasn't built for this. Reimagining has has meant dismantle. Stay fired up. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3 during the roundtable. Thank you, Jane. All right, take care. That's um, some great analysis and insight there. We'll continue that on the roundtable. So Senate Republicans in Jeff City filed something today. State Senator Nick Shore from St. Charles is with us. He's also a roundtable veteran. Nick, how are you this afternoon? Explain what you did here. I don't know this remonstrance. That sounds like a big, important word. So what did you guys do? Well, in the Missouri Senate today, I filed a uh, remonstrance, which is the strongest either support or disapproval uh, from the the upper chamber in the Missouri legislature. And it's rarely used. I think the last time it was used was uh, another senator called for uh, the assassination or the death of a sitting president. uh, And she was removed from all of her sitting committees before that, I think, during Ferguson, when Jay Nixon uh, fumbled, fumbled, and it was just a hot mess. Uh, So what we did today is listed all of the the different details, the different facts behind uh, Kim Gardner and her dropping the ball time and time again, resulting in St. Louis being the top violent city in America year after year under her reign. And, you know, this this latest incident over the weekend with Janae Edmondson is, you know, 
it's very tragic. But when you look at all of the other children and individuals that have been killed under her watch yeah, and the, the cases that have piled up, this is why we push this thing forward. We can't remove her with our power in the Missouri Senate, but we can send this uh, remonstrance, which we did today, all of the Republicans signed off on, urging her to resign because of the facts that we put in a five-page document. Look, you, you outline, and people should see this. Did you tweet this out? Is there a way that I can share this with the audience? The, uh, the yeah, absolutely. Because when you look at this, this is, I'd love to sit down with, you know, someone, there's a few people out there. Um, I saw the Democrat leader, Crystal Quaid, who defended, you know, kind of playing blame politics. But you look at what they put together here, Sue, and it says where it's one of these whereas things because, you know, it's official right. government. Since Gardner took office, the circuit attorney's office has experienced a turnover rate of more than 100%, 65 assistants circuit attorneys with a combined experience of over 460 years have left the office. And they did it because they saw how the office was being run. So all these things have built. You get into the grand jury process where she was, um, I think, conducting herself illegally, certainly unethically, and the Supreme Court didn't step in. But there are so many different things. And one of the points I've made, Nick, is that, and you know this because we've been talking for a long time, this case, you could take this case completely out of it. Luckily, it's focused, luckily is a bad word, but it has focused the attention that's needed right now. But you could take that case completely out of it and still make a strong case to remove Kim Gardner. Oh, 100%. And it just it baffles me. And again, this is a tragic incident. This should never have happened. This individual is out on a, on a bond that he had violated over 50 times. And, you know, with my legal experience, with Jane Duker's legal experience, we are not finding any breadcrumbs that she has left, Kim Gardner, uh, when she says that she's asked the court to revoke this bond. I, so if she's lying, that's going to be considered by the court when Attorney General Andrew Bailey is, is working for her removal. But, yeah, this is just the latest case of her mishandling, uh, willfully just up, not upholding her oath. And it, it, it disgusts me that it finally had to come to this point. All of these things have been avoidable. You know, I've been pushing for her removal for several years. And if not even her removal, let's at least allow a special prosecutor like Jane indicated to come in and clean up the hundreds of unsolved murders that are in mm. uh, St. Louis City right now. So what do you have any opinion of the of the process with Quo Rento, what Andrew's doing right now and how successful that might be? Because, again, now you got to take this to a judge. There's going to be, you know, witnesses and we'll, we'll see what maybe what the truth is. This is going to maybe take a little bit of time, but there's no there's certainly no guarantee. And then you have the ability to appeal. Either side does. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, you made a great point earlier discussing when the disciplinary action uh, made its way to the Missouri Supreme Court. We all thought something was going to happen. And it was not it wasn't even a uh, slap on the wrist. It was just kind of, hey, don't do it again. I think this is a little bit different this time. When you look at all of the different instances over the past couple of years, uh, one in the 90s when there was a sheriff that was removed. Uh, I know you mentioned a different prosecutor that was removed. I think this case is when you look at these facts compared to the facts of those two uh, that I just mentioned, these these instances are egregious. When you look at uh, the cases that were dropped, the, the murderers that were left back out on the streets, the attacks on police, uh, the Missouri ethics complaints uh, against Kim Gardner using different financial things uh, for for it should have been for political uh, gain. She's using them for personal gain. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. In the five pages that we wrote, which basically is an indictment of, of her wrongdoing, we could have spent 24 pages detailing all of the, uh, the uh, legal yes. mishandlings or the legal negligence. So I do think that this is a, a lot better of a shot. I do think that 
she needs to get her ducks in a row because Andrew Bailey, I've uh, I've worked with him. He is not going to let go, and he's going to make sure that the people of St. Louis and the people of Missouri are going to be protected. State Senator Nick Shore, I appreciate weighing in here this afternoon. We'll see you on the roundtable soon. By the way, have you heard, we're taking the roundtable on the road. We're doing some field trips for fish fries, and I don't know if we have one scheduled out in St. Charles, but we damn well should. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to arrange that with you on the roundtable if we're in your neck of the woods, if not get you on sooner than that. But thanks for coming on tonight. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, the first one, by the way, is in Sue's neighborhood. Yay! She, it's in Sue's you know, contract. It's just like the green M&Ms. you got to take those out of the mix in her rider. And she said, right. the first fish fry has to be done in my neighborhood. And it's literally a block from where I used to live on Dover Place in the city. St. Stephen's a great fish fry. They Steve have, Butts is cooking. Yeah, Steve, well, uh, Sharky, who is the mascot of St. Stephen's, um, it's real, too. There's no person in there named Greg that really is sure. Veneman, who sure. is Sharky. But Greg's been great. Oh, I'm sorry. Sharky's been great for years delivering outstanding fish fries. Yum. But, you know, it's you start mentioning one fish fry, and then you got competition from the yeah. others. Oh, right? I the love it. Like, hey, we're going to come out to our place. We're going to do the best we can starting next Friday live in person for the roundtable, the 4 o'clock hour. And I mentioned George Gray is going to come out next Friday and do a Price is Wrong live Amazing. in person. Amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, this has been quite the day here in St. Louis and also on this radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, I would encourage you to go back to the beginning of the show when we covered the Kim Gardner News Conference extensively. You can always use the Odyssey app and rewind up to 24 hours or download the podcast. And um, we'll keep you updated on that during the roundtable tomorrow as well. I do have an audio cut of the day before the hour is up, and we'll um, get back to some of the things that our circuit attorney, hopefully soon to be former circuit attorney, said during that news conference. We also had Andrew Bailey, the Missouri Attorney General, who has now filed a petition to remove her from office with the circuit court here in St. Louis. And that aired at about 345. You can use that app to go right back to hear Andrew. And, of course, Jane joined us a few minutes ago. So, um Big topic on the roundtable tomorrow, and I, I've I've mentioned this a couple of times. I've been in the media for a long time, and there are stories that just build and build. And just as a host, you can feel the anger, the uh, the energy around it. And this is certainly one that has captivated people for, you know, a very sad reason because a 17 year old girl lost her legs in a tragic accident. But we'll continue to stay on top of it. Um, earlier in the show, Sue mentioned Djokovic not being able to play in this country because of vaccine requirements, which is utterly utterly ridiculous, especially what we know now about the um, you know effectiveness of transmitting the coronavirus if you are vaccinated. Robert Moffitt with the Heritage Foundation wrote about this and the um, not particularly about Novak Djokovic, but the vaccine policy of the Biden administration, which I think is certainly outdated at this point. Robert Moffitt, Bob, how are you? Welcome back to 97.1 FM Talk. 
Um, Mark, I'm happy to be here. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. By the way, are you dialed into all our situation here in St. Louis? Because it has broken nationally quite a bit. Well, uh, if you're talking about this crazy prosecutor, yes, I've heard yes. about this. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these prosecutors all over the country, including my native Philadelphia, have been funded by George Soros. And uh, the yeah, her consequence too. of that yeah. for public safety has been disastrous. And that's exactly what happened here with Kim and unfortunately with Wesley Bell in St. Louis County as well. But we're we're trying to do something about it and really get this to me is so beyond politics. We have people that are getting killed and maimed and people don't feel safe in downtown St. Louis, which is really problematic. But let's talk about this vaccine policy. I can't believe that some of this stuff is still happening with vaccine mandates, Bob. Well, I mean, uh, altogether, as I pointed out in the article, what's happening is at the federal level, uh, the the Biden administration's uh, vaccine mandates are coming apart. I mean, Congress uh, has uh, struck down the military vaccine uh, against the president's uh, uh, against the president's wishes. Uh, Obviously, uh, that's a pretty big victory. The Republicans in the House uh, promised that they would do it and they are doing it. Uh, They have their eye on getting rid of the vaccine mandate on federal workers. Uh, the vaccine mandate on federal contractors uh, has uh, is in, in federal court uh, right now. Uh, that's still standing. The vaccine mandate on health workers is still standing. But um, the big uh, imposition was, of course, the, the, uh, the one that would have affected 80 million Americans, which was the vaccine mandate on on businesses, uh, which was really unconstitutional, and the court struck it down. But you, so you're, you're, one of your points, though, is that, you know, the mandates going away is not enough, right? There needs no, to be more. No, and, and no. I mean, my point is, is that we got to know why they did what they did, given the information that they had. Remember, the Biden administration's imposition of this comprehensive set of that vaccine mandates was a very sharp reversal of what the president said when he was elected, that he would not impose any mandate. And as I pointed out in the article, that was also the general view of public health authorities, uh, including Anthony Fauci, that the vaccine mandate would not be a good idea. Fauci said it was never done before and it should not be done. The crucial question that I have, and the the question I raised uh, in the article, was why the administration reversed course And what was the scientific rationale for them doing that? Because if you look at the record, the record shows that the president and his administration officials made all kinds of strange and contradictory and confusing things. I mean, the absurd statement that he made on September, uh, I think it was September 25th, that the point of the vaccine mandate was to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. Come again? Yeah. Uh, right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, now, I mean, you could say, well, you know, it's Biden. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, you know, whatever. You know, he's a doddering, demented old man. But the point is, if if, if the point is he he had to been he had had to have been advised to go ahead with this. And the question is why? Now, the good news here is that since that article came out, uh, we've had the first coronavirus hearing. Uh, coronavirus hearing on February 8th uh, with the House Energy and Commerce Committee. And uh, Congressman Buckshin is Larry Buckshin of uh, Indiana. He's a physician. And he started to drill in uh, to this and 
tried to get Director uh, Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, to explain why, after you know they had reversed course, why they were uh, still pr- pursuing or pushing vaccine mandates, knowing what they know now, which is, and what, when did they know it, that the vaccines were fundamentally ineffective at preventing the transmission of the disease from one person to another. Why? And uh, Walensky basically admitted under oath uh, that the vaccines, in fact, do not prevent uh, transmission. Yeah, because the reason she admitted that under oath is because they don't. Right. And some of us were led to believe, look, I have I have deep regret over some of my sentiments from early in the vaccine process because we were told and they they were oversold. Now, I happen to believe that they still save lives and um they're not killing everyone that's dropping dead across the country who are athletes. I do think there are some serious questions to be asked about the vaccines. But that's the, a separate the, question. Right. No, that yeah. is a separate question. But this notion of having a mandate, that's why I brought up the, the Djokovic thing. Why are we requiring him to have vaccination when we know now, as you just indicated, that it's not going to prevent him from giving the coronavirus to anyone? Well, that's right. Well, that's why the Congress just uh, repealed. The requirement, the House did, excuse me, the House did, that foreign travelers entering the United States show proof of vaccination. I got to hand it to McCarthy and the Republicans. They're actually delivering on what they said they would deliver on. And this is a big one. Um, uh, the uh, The question is whether the, the, the House will go along with or the Senate. Senate yeah, yeah. Will go along with it. But any, in any event, um, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the uh, it, it, if 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 the head of the CDC has just told Congress on February 8th under oath that the vaccines uh, do not uh, prevent transmission, why are we even talking about this? Uh, you know, it's it's the, the, the science has come and gone on this. Uh, I don't want to use that phrase, but the science on this seems to be settled. Yeah, well, you know what? Separate but related here. Did you see in that um, absolutely racist right wing rag of a publication, the New York Times, where Brett Stevens wrote a column about the um, the Cochrane study on masks, which pretty much indicate that I don't care what kind of mask you had on, they didn't work. Yeah, that's right. Seventy eight. Uh, it was a, an examination of seventy seventy eight studies on the effectiveness of masking uh, to control respiratory infections. Here's one of the questions. What about the utility of masks in conjunction with other preventative measures like hand hygiene? Remember that? Physical distancing or air filtration. Here's the guy. There's no evidence that many of these things make any difference. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, what I mean, the point is, is that, you know, it, we were told to wash our hands like crazy. Uh, and then it became very clear that you'll notice that kind of dropped away over time oh, yeah. uh, because we found out we found out fairly soon enough that uh, this was uh, this was uh, an aerosol uh, a virus that wasn't uh, generally uh, spread on surfaces. But, you know, the point is, these are scientific questions. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, uh, as Congressman Buckshawn uh, pointed out during the hearing, the initial effectiveness of the vaccine against the alpha variant, the original variant that came from China, uh, there was no question about the fact that it was quite effective. And in fact, there's evidence that it was effective also in preventing transmission. But the situation on the ground was shortly thereafter evolving. It was changing uh, with the emergence of the new variants, uh, first the Delta and then the Omicron variant. And uh, but that did not seem to make any difference to the federal officials who were pushing vaccine mandates 
when they knew that the vaccine mandates were ineffective at preventing transmission. And that's the scandal. That's the big story. And the question is why? Well, and the other the other part of this is there's still never and you've seen more research emerging about this. Because a lot of us at the time, even if we supported the vaccine, said, hey, I, I completely respected people who were younger and had opposition to this because they were healthy, but also because of natural immunity. If you remember, there were months and months and months. There was no acknowledgement of that whatsoever. Yeah, which is insane. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, when you were in high school biology, you learned if you got measles, mumps, rubella or whatever, uh, you know, you develop natural immunity. Your, you know, your 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 sophomore high school biology told teacher told you that. Why did natural immunity? Another great mystery. Why this is a great mystery of the universe. Why did natural immunity suddenly become a controversial topic with the emergence of the coronavirus? It's a great question. That's you know, I, it's just some of the things, and I don't know how often, well, you write columns about it, so you probably do think about it quite a bit, but I, I thought about this this week and the holiday on Monday I had off and I took my daughter, she's like, we tried to keep her busy and I took her to a playground where she could go down slides and I, I immediately hearkened back and I actually, that same day, I took my dogs to a great park here called George Winter Park and if you go back to that time, they were putting police tape up to keep us out of parks, to keep us off of play, it's to right. keep us away from beaches the the stupid things that we did that this government that we allowed the government to do there are important lessons and hopefully many of us will never allow this to happen again but it's it's just embarrassing it really is it's embarrassing because when you look back at it there was scientific justification for none of it no nope, that's I right mean, I, I mean you and i have both seen i mean i i live uh, i live in in outside of washington but i spend a lot of time in eastern uh, on the eastern shore of maryland which is a very beautiful uh, rural part of uh, the state of Maryland, the Eastern Shore, uh, between the Atlantic Ocean and the Chesapeake Bay, and uh, you have wide open farm country there. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember driving down the road. I saw the, this couple, and they were walking their dog, and both. And uh, we're talking about a country road, right? You know, where houses are three and four miles away from each other, <laughs> and and they're walking their dog, uh, the poor dog, and. Uh, <laughs> And they're both wearing masks. It, it, it's. I know. It's. I still see it. Actually, you think to yourself, either they're virtue signaling, which they are. We are. You know, we care more about people than any of you who are watching us walk our dog, or they are paralyzed by fear, or they have an IQ of a, of, of a melting ice cube. Right. I mean, there, this is insane. I thought all those, those were all options for people. I, there was always this woman when I was on my way to Pet Supplies Plus, one of my sponsors that was in Bowen, running, running, you know, fast with her mask on for months and months and months and months. Bob Moffitt, great to have you back here on 97.1 FM Talk. I appreciate it. Thank you. Very good, Mark. Have a great night. Well, I probably shouldn't delay because I have quite a bit to get to here, so let's just do it. Sponsored by the Good Feet Store, where it's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. Now, the audio cut of the day. Uh, so big day. First, Governor Parson. People want to feel safe when they walk down the street. They want their kids to be able to go out and be safe. And you got to take bad people off the street. So we got to quit doing what we're doing right now because it's not working. And this is a perfect example of why. 
Attorney General Andrew Bailey. This is about the rule of law and about justice. Instead of protecting victims, which is her obligation, she's creating more victims by neglect in office. Talking about our circuit attorney. Will she soon be our former circuit attorney? Well, today she said, no, I'm not going. She kind of was very defiant, and she, of course, played the race card and other things. Can so we ask the judge to revoke bond, but why doesn't the court record show one example of a motion to revoke bond? It's the case that you must not look at it. There's not a motion to revoke bond. Why not? First of all, they are, we have what's called oral motions to revoke bond. Those can be made orally or written. And in this jurisdiction, they are made orally and that is normal practice, and that was done in this case on numerous occasions. Kim, how, the, the how mayor, is it, how the mayor is it, has said, how is the mayor it, has hold, 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 go ahead, bro. How is, it, how is it that the media organizations who are responsible for researching these cases before they get on the news and start spewing facts got this so wrong so, since Judge Hittenbach yeah was responsible for the bond, which ultimately set the young man free who injured the young lady. Can you, by the way, can you even imagine a Republican doing a news conference who's an elected official stacking the room like that with no. people asking and questions? Can, yeah, how focused they are on getting the judge's name out. Well, right, exactly. So the, the, the real question was attempted to be asked by Kevin Colleen, and I think he finally gets it in here. In the end of the day... We all know the facts. I want to focus on Ms. Janae Emerson and her family because we all can point fingers, but this young lady's life is affected by the criminal justice system right now. And we want to hold this individual accountable. But I'm not going to point blame to anybody. The buck stops with my office. And we did our job. And as I said, could we do more? We could. But did we not do nothing? That is not true. Kim, the mayor has said that, that she, uh, in her opinion, you've lost the confidence of the public. You're in this to fight it and prove that you did the right thing. Can you get the public's confidence back at this point? It's a pep rally, not a news conference. Did you hear that? I think the public answered your question, sir. Can, can you answer that? We answering the question for We heard the supporter, and we gonna stand behind her 100. Okay. I mean, this is what you got today. Jeez. Another embarrassing moment for St. Louis, and this story has gone well national at this point as well. We'll talk tomorrow. Big, big roundtable coming up. Have a great night. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 